things we, that we encourage, but you took time out to come to the house of the Lord, amen, to give praise and honor and worship to the Lord, amen. I'm so glad you came. Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 3, my, one of my favorite songs, amen, but I want to preach I want to preach to you tonight. It's something along the lines of what this song is talking about. Oh, holy night. Amen. But my title is Since the Night He Came. Nothing has ever been the same since. Hallelujah. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 3. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. What a story. What a story saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I believe the world has changed for good. It has forever changed. I'm going to say it again. Nothing will ever be the same since the night he came. I said nothing will ever be the same since the night he came. Hallelujah. Oh, what a treasure of thoughts and ideas and messages and sermons and blessings that can come from this simple story of the Christ child being born in Bethlehem in a manger, just like the prophets prophesied. Prophets of old talked about a Savior coming, a Messiah that was coming. And my friends, I'm happy to tell you that he did come. I'm so glad that he came. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look around and smile. Hey, listen, we have liberty here in this place. I know that I'm hearing it more and more nowadays or this year than I have because people are so scared nowadays to offend somebody. But you won't offend anybody in this place if you say Merry Christmas. Look over at somebody and tell them Merry Christmas. <laughs> and you may be seated. God bless you. Oh, what a, what a wonderful presence of the Lord uh, in this house today. What liberty in this place. Uh, you could worship any way you want. You could shout a little bit. Uh, you could weep a little bit if you want. You could dance in the aisle if you want. Uh, we'll preach a little bit and uh, give honor and glory to you and to the Lord. And so what a, what a great place. To, who wouldn't want to be in this atmosphere? Who wouldn't want to be in this house, amen, with folks who pray and believe? We choose to believe God. We choose. And so thank God that we did, amen. But uh, this place is not going to be the same again since Jesus showed up, amen. Since the angels heralded the good news to the shepherds in the fields, you know the story, amen. From to you, he said, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. Since the multitude of the heavenly host, the scripture says, praised God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, nothing has ever been the same. 
Amen. God is good at changing things. Amen. When God walks in and shows up, he touches hearts and spirits and changes minds. You know, somebody that's struggling with something, somebody that's battling with something, you know, I like to say, you know what? You just never have had the blessings of God touch you just right. You've never been in a powerful service, amen, like you need to be, amen. Listen, it's the cure-all. It's the fix-all. Whatever trouble you have, whatever ailments you have, listen, let me tell you, God can just take care of it for you. What a Savior we have, amen. What a Savior, amen. Nothing has ever been the same. Our scripture text points out that Herod, I, want to, I don't want to be negative today, and I'm not going to preach very long, but, but, but I, I've got to point out something here. Amen. The scripture points out that Herod felt threatened when he heard the news that the Christ was born. Do you know we still, if we have Christ in us, if we have the power of God living in us, in the power of the Spirit, do you know we still threaten people? Let me just tell you, I hate to break the bad news to you. Amen. The world does not like you. In fact, Jesus said you'll be hated. That's a strong word. I understand, but it's in the Bible. You'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. You can just have the name of Jesus on you and you speak the name of Jesus. It makes this world very uncomfortable. Just bring it up. Amen. Amen. Listen, we have all known people with such personalities and such a persona that they could just command attention without trying. We know, we, we've met people like that. This type of, a, of person has a, I, I call it a God-given ability to lead with ease and with authority. And, and sometimes those of us with less ability, we kind of feel threatened in the presence of these powerful people. Think of the most powerful person uh, that you know. Those who, who kind of, when they walk in the room, they own the room. And just multiply that by a million. And we'd have a smidgen of the power and the persona that Jesus has. I mean, it's no wonder that Herod was threatened at the mere thought of Jesus Christ coming on the scene him being the king that he was and the ruler that he was. Amen. Later, Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Listen, we're not serving just some kind of little junior God here. We're not serving a second person in a man-made triune Godhead. No, no, no. No, this is God. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. If there was another God up there, that means he would have no power. And so we have to understand who it is that we're worshiping and who it is that we're talking about here. Amen. Jesus still threatens. Herod was threatened. Jesus still threatens the status quo. He still makes us a little uncomfortable when his presence moves into the room. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Y'all don't know, y'all. Well, Y'all know that I'm kind of old-fashioned. I know, I know. My type and my style, I know it's quickly moving out. I understand that. But I still raise my, my grandkids. I have a little class with my grandkids. Once, by the way, I'm so glad my grandson is here. Jack is with us. Made it in last night. 
with all those girls around, I kind of feel like I got me a buddy. I'm, I'm going to stick, with, I'm gonna stick with, with my buddy here. Amen. He's going to come to church with Papa. <laughs> little tummy ache and a little, they don't, no, that don't cut. We're going to come to the house of God. That's how you do it. Hallelujah. But, but here's the old-fashioned part. Some of my kids think that I think a, a spanking or a whipping just answers everything. No, I don't. I don't think that's I think I think there's probably some kids who need a spanking. They need to learn respect and honor. And, and, and it's not a spanking that does that every time, but my old-fashioned ways, how we've been brought up, is like, you know, adults and elders and bishops and pastors and leaders. You just honor them, at least enough to stand to attention when one walks by or one's at least. Listen, folks, that's taught. That's trained. That's put in to people by somebody maybe a parent or a grandparent. And so, you know, just like prejudice is taught, and just like hate is taught, and malice is taught, and rudeness is taught. And so, you know, when one of my grandkids or one of my, and of course my kids already know, but when I speak, I want them to listen. I want them to stop what they're doing and pay. I've earned it. I've been 64 years in this, on this earth. And, and, and you know, We've created a little bit of a, a, an attitude maybe in that time. And so I don't need anybody bowing down to me. I don't need anybody waiting on me. I don't need nobody to scratch my back. I'm doing all right with all that. Amen. But, but I think when we speak, amen, I think that we need to demand a little bit of attention. Y'all get quiet on me. Y'all think I'm going to go off on one of those deals again. Sometimes as Christians... We need to just stand up and be who we are. Don't let your kids run over you. They'll do just whatever you let them do. They'll do what you allow them to do. Oh, you can't do that. And do it with authority and do it with power. The kids are not the boss. When they start earning their own money and buying the groceries and paying rent, maybe they might have a say. We're talking about authority and power. Amen. God, listen, when we figure out who owns all this, the Bible talks about God owning all of this. Amen. The mountains, the heaven is his throne, the earth is his footstool. When we figure out who this all belongs to, then we won't have any problem giving authority. I mean, you know, allowing him to have the authority over us. Amen. He is Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our King. Amen. And He's coming back soon. So I'm going to praise Him and honor Him and bless Him and lift Him up and shout His name from the rooftop. And yes, He does threaten me with my old carnality. I'm so glad I've got a conscience. I'm glad there's certain things that I can't do. Why? Because my conscience, it's probably the best preacher in the world. And it preaches to me and says, you've got to go to the house of God. You've got to pray. It's time to worship. You've got to get up off of your seat, amen, and lift your hands to the Lord and shout his name. And whether you feel like it or not, it's called a sacrifice of praise for a reason. It become, It is a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we feel uncomfortable and we feel... When, I mean, when his presence moves in a place. I mean, anyone who doesn't feel the awe and the wonder of Jesus just simply does not 
understand who he is. You don't know who he is. He is the almighty God in flesh. The angel told Mary, he shall, he, he is, we're going to call him Emmanuel. What that means, and the King James brings that out, being interpreted God with us. So when you see Jesus in a manger, you see God Almighty that's put on human flesh to walk among men, amen, to feel what we feel. That's why, that he, that's why he's so personable. That's why when you call on him and talk to him in your pit or in your valley and in your situation, that, friend, he understands what you're going through. He knows what humiliation feels like. He knows what embarrassment feels like. Amen. He knows what it feels like when your best friends and your people turn against you. He was crucified on a cross before the whole world. So he understands. Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. You want to know who he is? The prophet Isaiah, way, way back hundreds of years before he ever came into this world, before he was begotten. He's not eternal. He is now, but he was not eternal, you know, pre-eternal. All right, we've got, with all of our, you know, ideas about the Godhead, we've got God looking over at Jesus and telling his boy to go down and suffer. What kind of daddy would do that? No, God went down himself. I, I don't know. I've got a little, I'm a father. There's no way I'm going to send my boy to suffer for me. Neither would God. He was the only begotten. If you're begotten, then you wasn't. At least in the flesh. Amen. But Isaiah understood that, or at least the Spirit did, and, and, and Isaiah wrote it down, for unto us a child is born. Everybody knows, every theologian will tell you, every Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, every denomination will tell you that he is referring to the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're celebrating here today. Amen. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Everything so far is good. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That's still pretty good. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. But then it messes up right here a little bit. It messes up our theology. He says he, he's, the almighty, he's the mighty God. Wait a minute. No, he can't be. Oh, yes, he is. God knew it in the Old Testament. Amen. Before he ever did it, it was in the plan. Amen. I'm going to go down. Amen. I'll be, a, I'll be a baby, but it'll be me. Amen. The mighty God. And not only that, he went further and he said, and he called him the everlasting father. Wait a minute. No, that's the son. Yeah, you're right. When you say Jesus, my friend, you're talking about the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. You're talking about the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. When you say Jesus, you've said it all. You don't need to say anything else. That's why Paul said whatever you do in word or deed. That's why that we're so narrow about this. That's why we won't let up on it. That's why we just don't say, well, it's okay. No, it's not okay. He said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. Listen, listen, folks. Listen, somebody told us, told uh, some, one of our preachers one time on this Godhead, he said, you folks are so narrow-minded, somebody could shoot you between the eye with a BB and put both eyes out. 
Okay, that's what we are. That's who we are. But we're not letting up on this because there's too much Bible for it, too much Scripture for this. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Oh, we need this part, the Prince of Peace. Somebody in this room doesn't have peace, and you have not had peace for a while. Well, let me tell you how to get it. Amen. You will get a better night's sleep if you let Jesus in. You'll have a better marriage if you let Jesus in. He, why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. He's the God Almighty. Jesus said, I'm with you now to his disciples. But he said, I shall be in you. Oh, so now it's Jesus in us. Yeah, that's what the Holy Ghost is. He's Jesus. He's the Father. He's the Spirit. Amen. Listen, it will like I said, it'll take care of whatever you need. That's what keeps bringing us back. That's why we keep showing up at church. We fight the devil himself, and there's problems everywhere, but we make it to the house of the Lord. It's our city of refuge. If I can get inside the gates of the city of refuge, then the enemy can't come in here. He's not allowed in here. If he does once in a while slip in here, he is as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. He don't know which end is up. He has no authority here, no power here. Amen. No dominion in this place. It's too many believers here. This is where I'm going to bring my trouble. This is where I'm going to bring my sickness and my pain. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of us, I think this, that those of us who claim to know Jesus Christ, and have a relationship with him. I don't think, and I don't mean this critical, but I don't think we know who he is either. I don't think we understand. I mean, it's evident sometimes with, in how we respond to the presence of the Lord. It's how we pray. It's how we praise or the lack thereof. I think when we get a revelation of God walking in this place, moving among us, I think there's gonna, we're going to have goosebumps on top of goosebumps. This is God. Hallelujah. We had some people praying through here to the Holy Ghost, a bunch of motorcycle people and, and, and uh, truck drivers, and we had a guy came in and sat right on that back back here. We just had our normal service, Brother John, just kind of like we do, just worshiping the Lord. And this guy was an atheist. I had no idea. But, but he looked over at his friend that brought him, and he said, and he, and he said look at my arms. And you know what? I preach this all the time. We're, we can come here so many times. We get so common that we feel the presence of the Lord, and it's just like no big deal. I mean, we can talk on our cell phone and, and text message and go to the bathroom six times during worship. And, and, you know, and after a while, it's just like, oh, yeah, the preacher's preaching. Somebody's just praying through in the altar, you know, you know. But this guy, he, he was an atheist. You know, he walked in and sat on that back row, and he looked over at his friend, and he had short sleeves on. He said, look at my arms. I mean, solid goose flesh. What, what was that? It was a spirit in this room that he wasn't familiar with. It was called the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And his, he was picking up on it. Didn't have an ounce of the Holy Ghost. Didn't have any faith in God. It had lost confidence in preachers altogether in churches. And you know, it's, it, you get trained by who you hang around and who you listen to. That's why it's dangerous to listen to any old thing all the time. And so, so it wasn't long before that service is over. We baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right here, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You get in God's presence.
Hallelujah. Get in God's presence. Things began to change. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah said, woe is me in his presence. He said, I don't know when to come in. I don't know when to go out. I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh, God, help me here. Amen. We normally don't suffer from low self-esteem in this country. You know, we, we usually pretty much have it together. I mean, we have a rather exalted opinion of ourselves. You don't believe it? Just ask. I'll tell you all about how tough I am and how smart I am and how wise I am and how much I know. You know, that's just the way we are. Amen. Herod was pretty optimistic in his own sense of worth. But did you notice in the scripture text that all of Jerusalem, it's what it said, I just read that, all of Jerusalem was troubled with Herod, <laughs> with him. He got troubled, guess what? That's like the old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That, what that meant was that when Herod was upset and troubled. What that means is everybody better watch out. I've been around. In fact, I've probably been that person before. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> Amen. But do you know, Herod, history tells us that Herod killed one and perhaps as many as three of his own sons. I don't want to get ugly and rated R here. But, you know, I, I, I'd like for us to understand a little bit. I read one story where he put one of his babies right between his legs and pulled his head off. A baby. I, I know. I'm going to move on from that. But you got to understand what kind of guy we're dealing with right here. Who was upset when Jesus? Sinners are upset. This world is upset. Amen. They hate this. But you know what? It, because it requires something. You know, we like the free man. It's all free. You know, that's why, the, that's why the liberal, this deep religion, amen, is just so prevalent right now because it costs you nothing. You can go in when you get ready, show up, leave when you get ready. It's all free. Nobody goes to hell anymore. Nobody talks about it anymore. In fact, you can go to any funeral up and down. And I'm being judgmental. I'm just trying to make us understand where we've come to in this country. Amen. You can slide in there. No matter. People tell you right now, my, my son, my brother, my uncle, he's in heaven. He's in a better place. Whether he ever went to church or not, whether he ever confessed Jesus or not, it didn't matter. I mean, he could cuss the cat and kick the dog every day. He could be one miserable person. But now, since he's in this casket here, at least his body, he's, he's pronounced right on into heaven. But this is, totally goes against the Bible. We have to have Jesus to get from here to where we need. That's what makes us upset. That's what stirred up Herod. Is this too strong? Is this too strong for some of us? Listen, we're not going to have any church again until Cameron preaches next week, y'all. Listen, we're going to eat too much and fellowship probably too much. We're going to have a great time. We, gonna, maybe, we may think of Jesus a couple times. So let's just go ahead and get a little bit of Jesus right now. Amen. Let's just load up. Amen. I've got I've to make some commitments. I've got to make some changes in my life. And I need help. Because I'm a human being. And there's a Herod spirit in every one of us. Amen. That gets angry and upset and uneasy when we talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Caesar Augustus once said that he would rather be Herod's pig than his son. <laughs> That's what a bad person he was. And when Jesus, when, when the angels were rejoicing, the shepherds were so excited and elated that, that, that we, we saw all of this and we witnessed this. And, 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 and here's this guy mad. Isn't that amazing? When, Nikki, when we're just praising him and feeling his presence, y'all sounded awesome today. Bryant, you sounded good, bud. Y'all sounded good leading us in praise. Here we are just thanking God that he allowed us to live another day. And there's folks, if they heard this, they would be angry. They would be upset. A Herod attitude. A Herod spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, what he's, you know why he's troubled? He's troubled because he's got a competitor now. He try, and, and here's how he works. He tries to eradicate his competition. He orders the baby boys born in Bethlehem in that part of the world to be killed. They had abortion even back then before they made it a law. When Jesus shows up, here's what happens. All people who sit in a king's throne, all kings are threatened. This, this I'm my own boss, I'm my own man, I make the rules, I call the shots. You know, guess what? We get nervous because when Jesus comes, he says, no, you don't. No, I'm calling them now. That's what, <laughs> that's what really messes us up. Hallelujah. All people who cling to their own power. America, it's, it's worse in America than it is anywhere else. I mean, we have pride in this, in this country. All who claim to be autonomous and independent. All selfish individuals. You see, Jesus addressed these self-centered self-righteous, proud people in the closing ages. In Revelation chapter 13 and uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 17, he said, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need. Of, that's what we're saying. That we don't have need of anything. Amen. And knowest not, he said, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is, folks, this is the essence of sin. This is what sin does. All right. Amen. Thinking of yourself as king, always thinking that you know best, living to please self. I do what I want to do when I get ready. I'm the ball. You know, making our own rules and constantly frustrated because others won't bow down and submit to our rules and our idea. Get, get used to it. Preach it all you want. There's some folks are not going to listen to you. In fact, probably if I knew, don't raise your hand. There's folks right here. They ain't not listening to me. <laughs> you think I'm going to let that steal my joy? Listen, I'm just going to keep shouting. I'm going to keep preaching what I preach. I'm going to keep believing in God. I believe he's awesome. We better get over that. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus, amen. Talk about nothing ever being the same. Jesus upset the status quo. He healed a man on the Sabbath day. Oh, you can't do that. This is a day of rest. He forgave a woman that had been caught in the very act. This is getting where we live right now, folks. Caught in the very act of sin. Amen. He forgave her. He turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple. He, he, let me tell you something. He still rejects false doctrine 
and half-hearted religion. He still rejects that. Amen. He rejects partial commitment. He demands everything or nothing. That's the part we don't like. That's the part that makes us nervous. Because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Hallelujah. Praise me. Hallelujah. Praise him. That's why he said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. Because if you're in the middle of the road, if you're just lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. Let us know how he felt about it. Hallelujah. He doesn't barter. He doesn't negotiate. He requires complete submission. And we struggle with that. It's no wonder that Herod was upset. Any one of us, I mean, we're, we're uneasy, you know, about what all this means. I, it, 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 it means that nothing will ever be the same. It means if he is who he says he is, I've lost my authority. I've lost my identity. It means like Paul said, I am not my own, but I've been bought with a price. In other words, I mean, this scares people because it sounds too much like bondage. <laughs> no, let me, let me explain something to you. They don't understand that they're already under a hard taskmaster. It's called sin, namely pride. Envy, strife, hate, malice, and just a, a slew of other things. Listen, folks, I'd much rather be a servant to love and peace and joy and all that other stuff. We're, hey, listen, we're going to be a slave to something. We're going to be in bondage to something. Wouldn't it be great to be in bondage to a, a loving, caring God? that loves us so much that before we were even thought of that he died on a cross and wouldn't stay in the grave, resurrected out of there and came back in the form of the Holy Ghost and offered it to every one of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm closing. Y'all can get ready with the, with the song. Let's all stand together. Why don't we do that? I promised I wouldn't preach a long time. I think a story I've used here a couple of years ago at least. Little girl kept waking up in the middle of the night frightened. The only thing that could calm her fears was making her way down the hall, climbing in the bed with her mom and dad. Hoping for a solution to this, the little girl's dad tucked her into the lower bunk in her room and said, now go to sleep, honey. I'll be back later and I promise you I'll sleep in the top bunk. That'll make you feel better. She thought it was a great idea. She fell asleep immediately. And he did come back later while she slept and climbed into the top bunk. You can start that song slow. The next morning, he congratulated his little daughter on sleeping the whole night through in her own bed. He said, she said, it was because you were in the room with me, Dad. But how do you know I was there, he asked. You were asleep when I came in, and you never woke up the whole night. The little girl answered, because you said that you would be there. Told me you would. Amen. That's enough. That's all we need. It's a promise. Amen. A promise will take you through the night.
I, I, I've said some probably pretty harsh things. But, but we're living on a promise. We live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're not promised a feeling. We're not promised that we would see angels and all of these things. You know, you, you might and you do. Amen. But he did promise that he would be with us always, even to the end of the earth, the end of the world. Well, we grab a hold of that promise. He promised that we're two or three gathered together in his name. He promised he would, we grab a hold of that. That means God's here right now. Never leave us. Amen. A promise will keep you. Our Heavenly Father promised to come to us in the dark of night. When Bethlehem suffered under the oppression of King Herod and the Roman Empire, he came because he said he would. Came in a harsh time, ugly time, a bad time. Oh, and I'm so glad he kept his promise. Just like he always does. That's the Savior that we know. That's the God that we trust and we just keep believing in. You know, one of the things that helps me believe in him, when we celebrate or as we celebrate our Christmas, ever how you celebrate it, it's okay with me. But one of the things that's going to help me and helps me is that while I'm loving him and proclaiming my, my, you know, my love and my respect and my honor for him, I like to just turn that around. I can't believe that he loves me. I can't believe that he continues to put up with me and care for me and look out for me when I've been like I've been, just human flesh. One mistake after another. I don't want to write a book about that. I could. It just seems like they're glaring at me. They're all right there. The enemy makes sure that he brings all of that up. When I'm about to, you know, get somewhere with God and, and I'm even preaching faith and I'm reminded of the failures. I'm reminded of the things that came out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, why did I say that? You can't call that back so the enemy uses that on you. But God just loves us anyway. We're special to him. He cares for us. It makes me want to worship more. It makes me want to love him more. It makes me want to appreciate him, amen, in a deeper way. Hallelujah. He kept his promise, and since tonight he came, nothing will ever be the same. Thank God for the little bit of revelation that we do have. I feel his presence right now. It was a holy night. It was a special night. Amen. Let's turn the song up and let's listen to the song. These altars are open right now. Amen. Let's start our celebration. We've got the next few days that we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus, not just one service. Maybe we can consider this as a kickoff right here. Listen, have fun. Eat too much. But, but right now, Amen. Let's pray that God would give us a right spirit, a right attitude, that he would go with us and protect us and keep us and bless our families. Listen, the whole, the whole gamlet, the whole ball of wax here, in Jesus' name, just come like you are. Guest, if you're a guest, you're welcome to join around. We're beginning our Christmas celebration. Hallelujah. You can do it quietly if you want. And if you want to shout and give praise, that's all right too. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus, for your touch. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's beautiful, folks. That is beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a good spirit. What a right spirit. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Come on, just be blessed of the Lord right now. Open your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for blessing the people, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We receive, God. We receive. We receive our strength. We receive our help from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, your power, your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We've got to have your blessings. We've got to have your help. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a night. What a night. And we will never be the same. Praise God, because he came. If I could sing like that, God knew better than allow me to sing like that. I probably would never preach another lick. 
I'd be just be singing everywhere I went. God, what could sing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just loving what I feel right now. Praise God. Praise God. My goodness. I, I, y'all look great today. Y'all just look awesome. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm glad that you're here. Amen. Amen. Brother Cook, God bless you. Brother Frank, it's good to see you make it in. Always glad. You're, this is where you belong, right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is everybody all right? Everybody going to have a great time? See to it that you do. Amen. Be, 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 hey, be the boss of your life a little bit, all right? Make some decisions. all right. Stay within limits. You know, I, I, I'm reminded of a little story that I read once, a little boy writing Santa Claus a, a letter, and he said, Dear Santa Claus, there's three boys that live in our house. One's named Mark, and he's good some of the time. And one of the boys are named John. He's good some of the time. And the other one, Norman, he's good all the time. I'm Norman. <laughs> That's kind of how we are. It's childish, but it kind of sums it up. And so uh, we've got, we have no problem with, you know, self-esteem. We've, we've kind of got that down pat. We <laughs> amen, amen. I'm trusting that just things go, so I prayed, so I'm just going to believe, okay, that you have good time around your house and with your family. And uh, there's still some sick folks, uh, not totally well yet. Uh, I know the Greens, I'm missing Brother and Sister Green. They're traveling, they're on their vacation for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to stay two weeks. Now, her maybe, but him, I think he's going to be wanting to get back here in about a week. <laughs> Let's pray for them. Let's pray for, continue to pray for Brother Pete and Sister D is here and just making it out. Is he scared to ride with you? <laughs> okay, we just need to find that out, okay? <laughs> He'll be here probably in about a week, but they're doing good. And by the way, I do need to give you the good news that uh, they got the tests from the tumor uh, thing that they took out of his brain. It just came back and he called me just a couple days ago, and it is not cancerous. And so it's not malignant. And so that's what we ask for. So we give God thanks for that. And so, and so we just, and our guest, we're so delighted that, that y'all are here with us. Hope we weren't too crazy and too wild for y'all. You know, we really, you know, sometimes we're worse. <laughs> no, come back. We feel, a, we feel a kindred, close spirit with these folks and all the rest of you. And again, Merry Christmas to you. And maybe stay, I, I mean, my phone still works, and you can call me or text message me might be best and, and uh, to get a hold of me to get an answer because I may be talking or text messaging somebody else. But... But let's stay in touch. How about it? And let's look forward to next week. And y'all know that the communion is a serious thing. I'm going to say this one thing before I let you out. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about if you eat and drink unworthily. Well, we know that nobody's worthy. I'll preach that sermon to us. But, but don't just wade up in here and don't just live any kind of way without repentance and making things right with God and just take. Don't do that. That's, it represents the blood of Jesus Christ and his body. And so let's, let's deepen our experience just a little bit, talk, have a talk with God. Now, we'll have good church, we'll have good worship, we'll have good prayer, and that'll be the last part of the service. So if you're too carnal, well, well let's make that service a, a time to get right. 
And then when you do get in line to come up here to take that, that wine and the bread, well, then uh, you'll have things kind of square. That's all it takes, all right? And so I'm just asking you. And parents, you're the boss over your kids. I'm not going to stop anybody from taking it. But you know if your kids should or not. It's not a fun show thing. Uh, you just make that judgment, all right? If you think they're old enough and, and they know what to do, and then you let them do it. And we'll talk about it a little more. But God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. I love every one of you. Thanks for giving to the church, helping us pay the bills. And I'm letting you out of here right now.